I'm Scott McGowan, and this is Point Blank, where we close in on the ideas and stories that shape PLNU. Point Blank is sponsored by the PLNU Associated Student Body, so if you are a current student, the show is brought to you by you. Consider these terms, nation, country, state, empire. What images do these conjure? Perhaps you imagine powerful governments, proud patriotic masses of people, or terrible armies vying for dominance. You may think of long traditions or ordered laws, but across each of these terms, one image is fairly constant, a map. Any one of these concepts, to some degree, denotes in our mind a specific geographic area highlighted in bright green on a Wikipedia page and enclosed within a line we know with certainty is called a border. This is clear and is a precise and well-informed way to look at our current world, or at least our modern world. But step back a couple millennia and think of some of the foundational human empires, Egypt, China, Persia, Rome, the Incas. If you look at that huge green section on, of map on each of their Wikipedia pages, you would assume that was the border and the emperor controlled and commanded everything in it. Well, actually, that was only true when it was true. The emperor and whatever loyal administrators would control as much of that territory as they had power to control. But the edges of that territory were fluid and subject to change from outside forces or internal power struggles. You remember Simba. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Well, thank you, Mufasa, that's beautiful, and it's also terribly ambiguous. And we see through Simba's story that shadows encroach from everywhere, and it is up to him and his loyal tribe to bring that light back through force and conflict if necessary, and to maintain it. Under this natural law, the borders move with the push and pull of force. That makes borders dynamic and even dangerous. But in the modern world, there are 195 nation states, Yet, since the end of World War II, less than 20 interstate conflicts between them. That doesn't seem to fit well with what we just said about the pharaohs, the Song Dynasty, or the adorable Lion King. Well, there's a new story that started to emerge during the period now known as the Enlightenment. A whole host of new, powerful ideas started to reshape how people understood the international system. Many of these ideas came together in a particular treaty that helped settle a horrible 30-year-long border dispute between dozens of small Germanic principalities. It was called the Treaty of Westphalia. Modern historians dispute how influential it actually was at the time, but in today's study of international relations, the term Westphalian system refers to humanity's most common understanding of borders, referenced and enshrined in the United Nations Charter. First, Nation-states have fixed borders determined by common acknowledgement. And second, nation-states have full sovereignty to control activities within their borders, free from foreign interference, and with equal standing regardless of the size or power of that nation. So if you look at a border of our own nation, say, for example, our southern border, it starts at the Rio Grande in the east and runs all the way to a geographically nondescript spot on the Pacific Ocean. That spot happens to run right between the California County of San Diego and the Mexican state of Baja. There has never been an international armed conflict over this section of that border, yet it's as dynamic as any in the world. The border and the region around it on both sides are a meeting of cultures. It is the busiest land border crossing in the Western world with over 90,000 crossings daily before the pandemic. That's over 35 million annual crossings. 
Thousands of people live on one side while working and or playing on the other. There's a line of command and control, but a merging of twin societies regardless. PLNU sits just 20 minutes away from this line, and it impacts our campus in myriad ways, both seen and unseen. To talk today about what it means for Point Loma to be in a border region, we get to hear from PLNU's own Liliana Reza. Liliana earned her undergrad degree at Southern Nazarene University in Oklahoma, where she was university pastor of mission and service. She's a licensed minister in the Church of the Nazarene. Prior to her time at SNU, Lily worked for nearly five years as a missionary in the Nazarene South America region. She traveled extensively to recruit young adults into ministry service. Liliana earned an MA in Intercultural Studies at Nazarene Theological Seminary and studied abroad in Brazil. She is fluent in Portuguese and Spanish, and most significantly for this conversation, Liliana is PLNU's Associate Director of International Ministries, overseeing ministry with Mexico, managing the spring break build there, and co-coordinates the border pilgrimage with the CJR. So Lily, you're not a PLNU graduate, uh, which is wonderful that we get some outside perspective from you and your work here, um, but how did you end up at PLNU and when did that happen? Yeah, so I arrived here 2018, I believe the summer of 2018, right before the semester was about to begin. Um, and I would just say a series of circumstances is the way that I, I arrived here. Um, Esteban Trujillo and I are friends from um, my time when I was at seminary. We overlapped in ministry there. Um, and him and his wife have been uh, just really close friends of mine. And um, and we like when they were uh, missionaries abroad um, in Spain, you know, I was serving in South America. So we like would stay connected. So we were like always following each other's journey and cheering each other on, praying for one another. Um, and then just like, yeah. So there's always been kind of like this connection of like, um, yeah, of just shared ministry. Yeah, shared and ministry and kind of, yeah. And so experience um, to a degree. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And then. Um, I have always been really, uh, intrigued by the work that, uh, Peeling U does specifically with ministry with Mexico. Um, I believe when, yeah, I just was, I remember watching Esteban post about it on Facebook. This is like when Facebook first started, you know, like, and wait, let's erase that. Cause that, that ages me a little bit, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just remember him posting about taking trips and with students and things like that. And I just was so intrigued by the way, the intentionality behind the universities, like saying, uh, not only are we so close, but we're committed to, to building bridges and, um, really sustaining our relationship with our neighbors in Tijuana. And I just thought I was not just moved by that, but really captivated by the heart behind that. And, um, and then I also thought it was so cool that, so that they were student led trips. I was just fascinated by that. Um, and so, so yeah, so when, so when the opportunity came by, I was just like, of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, not only have I like been crossing borders my entire life, I just, um, was, I, yeah, I just felt, I felt God calling me here. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's how I'm here. And you say you've been crossing borders your entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can imagine the hours and hours of stories we could sit here and would love to hear, but, um, for today, maybe what's your first memory of interacting with this idea of 
we just talked about of what we call an international border. Mm -hmm. uh, so I grew up in Oklahoma and uh, born and raised there. And um, the, the border, the closest like southern border town there is the El Paso and Juarez uh, border. And um, my mom actually is from Ciudad Juarez. That's where she was born and raised. And so I just remember like my one of my first memories is like, it was probably like a Thursday night or something. And um, I was, I don't know, I was, I was a kid. And I just remember my dad coming home from work, you know, and saying, all right, we're gonna pack our bags. Like, um, you know, grandma XYZ, we're gonna go down and we're driving and, you know, we're driving down for the weekend. Now, if you know anything about like the geographic <laughs> distance between uh, Oklahoma and, and then the entire state of Texas yeah. to the border, that's a really long drive. Yeah. We're talking about like eight plus hours of potentially 10, I mean, or plus even more if you have children. Um, and so, yeah, I just remember like there would be times of weekends, like mom was missing family um, and we would cross over um, or there was a family emergency of some sort um, just being present. And there were other times that we would just, we're just missing, my parents were missing home. Um, if that makes any sense, home is another topic of its own. Um, but we would just grab our things and head down for the weekend and Okay. So yeah, and then I would spend summers there even more. My dad is from Southern Mexico, so we would drive down for weeks in the summer when I would have school breaks and yeah, spend a couple of weeks down there. But you had a sense of like when when I do that, when I visit grandma, there's a whole, it feels different. There's something Completely. different about that than maybe if we just were to drive up to Minnesota or something like that or Correct. wherever else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what, yeah. what, I mean, what did you note as a kid? What were you sensing or noticing about that? Yeah. Difference? I mean, there's, there's, I think honestly, some of the, some of the biggest things that I remember, I mean, as a, as a child, all of your senses are heightened, I hmm. think. Um, at least they were for me. I remember the noises, um, the smog, because El Paso and Juarez, I mean, there's mountains there. This is a completely different type of uh, geo, I mean, like just different environment than Oklahoma where it's like flat. And um, so like there's the smog and, and the traffic. I mean, Oklahoma compared to, again, I'm comparing very large cities. These are big cities with a lot of commuters, all big highways. Um, so sounds, smells, um, feelings of like, um, of like that yearning, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go. And like, uh, when I say great, uh, when I say grandma, I really mean great grandma, but that's another story. But, um, yeah. So just like the, the longing for that familiar, like soup or like dish or things like that. So, um, and the excitement of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to have that one candy or that one like favorite flavor of ice cream that I always get when I go down there. So there were all hmm. of these kinds of things. Um, and then, yeah. And then my grandma would always, yeah, make this like specific dish that I was just like, oh, so good. But so, yeah, I think that, that all of my senses now that I think about it without getting emotional, uh, <laughs> kind okay. of wrap, wrap around all of that, you know, um, there were times when we would drive, this was, yeah, when we would drive really deep into Southern Mexico, I mean, we were driving through deserts, all sorts of terrain, right? Mm -hmm. So as someone who, again, in middle of 
the USA, we don't have, we're not driving through like mountains and weaving roads. Like if you've ever been to Kansas or Nebraska or Oklahoma, big flat freeways, it's flat freeways yeah. that are straight. These are straight shots. And yeah. so, I mean, driving through mountains and weaving roads to go see my, my grandma and my aunts and uncles, um, I mean, yeah, you experience all sorts of things like mm -hmm. desperation of like, we've been on the road for 18 hours. When are we <laughs> going to get there <laughs> to like, to like, oh my gosh, finally we've stopped, you know, um, to, yeah. So all sorts of, of feelings, I yeah. think that might be a really long answer. That's but. no, it's good. And, and it's, I also hear there's this simultaneously, like you said, heightened sense, uh, that maybe like you're noticing differences, like deep difference that you can't even put your finger on mm -hmm. while at the same time, deep familiarity Correct. and comfort. Yeah. And this is also kind of home, mm -hmm. but also deeply different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that seems to be even where we sit today, kind of in, in the midst of our sense of, of, um, being in a border region mm -hmm. in San Diego. Um, so in that, in that regard, what being here now, you've been here a couple of years and had lots of experiences already with our mm -hmm. students. Um, what are some of the common misconceptions you notice with, with our students that are here at PLNU? Um, I would say that there's just, there's a common fear of the, un, of the unknown. Um, there's these stories and things that are being projected through the media or through word of mouth. And so a common misconception that comes along with that is that everything south of the border is dangerous. Hmm, yeah. Um, that there is no safe space there. Um, that there is no beauty there. That there's hmm. only pain and suffering. Hmm. Um, and the reality is that, yes, there's pain and suffering, but there's pain and suffering here, too, you know? Um, and yeah, there's, there are dangers there, but there are dangers here too. Certainly. And, um, and so there's like, there's this association of, um, yeah, of just like, um, of, of a lot of fear, a lot of, a lot of, I feel like a lot of the misconceptions are based on not just unknown, but are correlated to fear of I don't know if that's answering your question, yeah. but oh, um, also like that there's no sense of security, you know, like maybe their police is not the best or, you know, people talk about cartels. We have shows that are very popular mm -hmm. <laughs> that are cartel based um, that center on Mexican culture or like federales <laughs> can't be trusted or like exactly, yeah, exactly, everyone's yeah. out for their own whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and also just like the sense of like, well, people must be, people must be wanting to come here so badly. So they must be running away from something. Right. And so like, there's this, again, association of, uh, what is it that they're running from? What is it that they're wanting to, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, well, at the same time, we know this nation of Mexico is actually pretty, like it's a very functional nation that like, obviously yeah. <laughs> if all these things we are, all these assumptions a student might make or we might make would be true, mm -hmm. it should be like Somalia or mm. <laughs> somewhere like that. And mm -hmm. it's, but it's not actually, yeah, yeah this is a, clearly this can't be true. Yeah. Mexico is developed. It yes. is, a de it's a developed, developing, uh, just as we are a nation, yep. you know, with, uh, systems in place and, 
Um, is it perfect? No. Is our nation perfect? Nope. No. And so I think that there's all of that together. So, so if those are some of the misconceptions, yeah. How would you, in your own words, how would you, how would you describe our uh, the 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 international border that runs through our region? How would I describe it? I would describe it as a place that is vibrant and dynamic, um, multifaceted. Like if I think I said that word correctly, but definitely yeah. like um, there are so many layers, um, both that are beautiful and complex at the same time. Um, I say that because, I mean, you mentioned even at, at the beginning, like, uh, people are being stretched the way that you described it is exactly that sure. where like there are people that are stretched between this geographic border and they are living their life in a very extended way um, where they spend hours um, sitting in the line to be able to be reunited with the friend on the other side or a family member on the other side or be able to get to work or go to school or insert whatever it is their next point of destina destination is um so i would say that it's also a place that's full of like culture um border culture itself is so different than um than the rest of mexico like just like we have you know culture of like san diego culture and then you know like the, the even the culture within from here to point loma to ob is completely different sure. to like little italy to like and then you go all the way to LA. I mean, it, there are so many subcultures within that. Um, and there's there's that reality as well. When we think about border regions, there's a there's so much depth there that um, even when we cross um, with ministry with Mexico, I feel like students are only like barely, you know, dipping their toe in the water. Um, and then when you go really deep into the rest of of Mexico, there's just so much, there's, there's just so much beauty, um, in the rest of it. And as well as complexities, because just like there's, um, other kinds of controversial things that happen along the border, there's a lot of controversial things that happen, um, in the Southern border of like Mexico with other neighboring yes. countries. Yeah. And so, so there's tension and, and that reality all around. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that totally makes sense. And and then so that's that's a lot of like these um, what you might say what we might say in like public policy is like externalities of the effect of this. Then how would you describe the actual like the you were you were talking about how the actual border crossings actually lie within within the municipality of Tijuana, mm -hmm. and so like that maybe is connected to a misconception. Like we're, when we're talking about the border in our border region where where like for students that have never gone there like what is that like describe from like the pacific all the way to tecate what is that what is our actual border as we conceive it or as an as the idea manifests itself have you ever been on a have you ever been on a hike where you're like like you're going um like straight, straight up, and sometimes you just like need to stop and catch your breath, and then you turn and then around, you and then you like get a <laughs> yes. get a view, yeah. and then you're like, I was not expecting that, but so glad I took a break, uh -huh. and it's like this like literal like in between, you mm. know, in between the place that you started and the place that your destination, the place that you're gonna want to end up, right? That's the way that I see 
border regions, that's the way that I see the borderlands. It's like this beautiful, like in between space that people are just rushing to get to the next thing and they don't, we don't stop and actually take in everything that's happening hmm. in this sort of middle-ish spot, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I, so my hope would be that as I'm describing that, that students would be captivated to be mm -hmm. like, so what is it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that like kind of spot that- Well, I'm, just just like the best hikes, you might try to describe it to your friends, but everybody knows, you know, you can you can describe a hike up Half Dome, but you can't. <laughs> And exactly. So yeah. Your description is only meant to capture the imagination to exactly. hopefully uh, entice someone or exactly. motivate someone to go experience yes. for themselves in their yeah. own way. And yeah. so in that way, I think the description is helpful. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I, I hope that's a yeah. little bit helpful. Yeah. Uh, so PLNU sits uh, within this border region. And I'm curious how that impacts our, our campus, our students from your perspective. Obviously, what we're talking about right now feels a lot like how students can be impacted by that if they choose to actually drive to to uh, the actual border. Mm -hmm. um, but there's much, much more than that, right? And so there are ways that the border is impacting our campus with while students are sitting in their classroom, the fact that that you or I were sitting in the depths of Ryan Learning Center right now, if we were to go up and stand on the roof of the library on a clear day, we can see Tijuana, uh, it's right there. And, you know, it, it impacts our city every ounce as much as, you know, uh, Orange County impacts LA mm -hmm. or, or uh, you know, um, uh, Oakland impacts San Francisco, maybe even more so. Uh, this, this is incredibly interconnected um, area. So, so how does um, being in a border region impact students even while they are on campus? I would say definitely you mentioned, you know, uh, that there are people here that cross the border to work every single day. Um, and I mean, these are, these are people that are mm -hmm. part of our community. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people that are, um, they're not 90% part of our community or 50% part of our community. They are 100% part of our community. Exactly. Um, and are impacting our daily lives in so many ways, you know, like we, we are interfacing with them, um, all of the time. Um, I would hope that students would notice that and ask questions. Um, I would hope that students are asking the names of staff um, that are like serving food, um, teaching a class or insert whatever. Um, yeah, cause that directly impacts, that directly impacts them. So students talk about, students talk about being in the Point Loma bubble mm. a lot. Mm -hmm. My hope is that they know that life exists beyond beyond this bubble, you know, that might, that might rub people the wrong way to say that. Yeah. I think I would hope that students go beyond, beyond the Point Loma bubble hmm. and recognize that there is a bigger world that God is calling us to. 
and would recognize that um, that that God is calling us to something bigger than ourselves today and now. Um, not four years from now, not 10 years from now, not when I'm done with my PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, God is, God is inviting me to extend myself beyond the Point Loma bubble today. And you know what? That includes Tijuana. Mm. That includes Tijuana. If you're including LA and Orange yeah. County, you it's better a lot be counting, you, away. Eight, yeah. which is so far away compared yeah. to Tijuana. My hope would be that you're counting Tijuana as well. Yeah. Um, and I say that because, yeah, just, I mean, just geographically, when we think about like who our neighbors are, um, when we think about, um, they're, they're our neighbors. Yeah. Like literally our neighbors. Yeah. And as you approach us pastorally, I think it's maybe even some of what you're getting at is this is the Lord calls us to, um, to particular work with our neighbors, to particular love for our neighbors and at other times consistently throughout scripture calls us to work with the foreigner and work with the alien mm-hmm. in ways that are loving, mm-hmm. welcoming and reducing of otherness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I mean, even as we talk about like th- they that come to work on our campus, you know, I think even you and I feel a little uncomfortable even using the word they, they, yeah. are, they are us. Mm-hmm. They are part of this community and by being part of our community, hundred mm-hmm. percent, they are us. And so there's actually, you know, an even even greater, deeper call it feels scripturally that uh, that uh, we would learn be be in a place here where we can learn and grow in our faith and the kingdom by actually particularly interfacing even more so and more um, intentionally mm-hmm. uh, with whatever issues, concerns, hardships might affect our neighbor and the foreigner and the alien among us mm-hmm. um, to make them more uh, uh, people that we view as ourselves and as image bearers of God. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. And I, and I, think, I think one of the things that, um, I mean, to even go back to, to the statement that you talked about in, in the intro as well, um, which like these push and pull factors that we're both directly and indirectly a part of, you know, when we talk about like the, the impacts of those that are unseen or oppressed or marginalized in any sort of way. Um, what you and I consume and purchase every day hmm. is, is a direct impact to migrant communities, is a direct and indirect impact to people that are marginalized um, within our communities. And so I think that my hope would be that students begin to see um, and I identify um, that um, that we have been called to, um, yeah, to, to really embody love and really um, do that in intentional everyday, both ordinary and extraordinary ways. Mm-hmm. Um, not every day will I embody love in an extraordinary way. Not every day will it be something like insanely big and huge, but the everydayness of saying, how am I, yeah, committing to loving my neighbor and seeing my neighbor and recognizing that their humanity is as real and valid as my humanity mm-hmm. and their story and what they carry and what they do is as 
is as as mine is that makes any yeah, sense yeah absolutely yeah and i think as our students are are adapting to a virtual environment um when you're sitting in a classroom you're mostly looking at the professor and we sit in a virtual classroom yes you see the professor and you see whatever they might be screen sharing but you see the faces of your your peers mm. and um, I would hope maybe along the lines of what you're saying that as students might see something in a peer's face that is new to them or different or trigger something in them that says other, um, that they would lean into exactly what you're saying and know that like the otherness of someone who might live or have maybe this, maybe it's possible a student could have been born on the other side of the border or a family there or have a strong identity there or may have been born in uh, you know, Sudan or mm-hmm. Egypt or anywhere else in the world, um, uh, you know, whether it's across thousands of miles or literally a, a very long walk south from here, mm-hmm. um, that there's opportunity to, um, to connect and even a, a call and a knowledge that we, we are, we are firm in, 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 um, in our faith that the kingdom is better and stronger when we are um, connected together and live live developmentally beyond those differences. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's real probably every day for every one of our students, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even in particular right now, and that that everything takes more intentionality now. So while you're at it, yeah, why not do that intentional thing that you that you, you know, hadn't gotten around to before. Um, and whether that's connecting with, with, a uh, a student that you, you know, don't want to, (laughs) to feel other than anymore, Mm -hmm. um, or that it means connecting with, um, you, your office, the work that spiritual development is doing Mm -hmm. in particular. Um, and so I think that might be really helpful now to just, just talk about that. What, so those are the, these are some ways that the the border really comes to us on campus. What are the mm-hmm. ways that you help students go to the border? Um, yeah. So the Office of Spiritual Development offers opportunities to engage um, with the San Diego Tijuana border region through uh, a program that's called Ministry with Mexico. I believe it's been in existence for a little bit over ten years if not more Hmm. um so formally i think the name of ministry with mexico has existed for for sure for 10 years but i think beyond that um it's it's been in existence in in other ways um and so so what ministry with mexico offers for students is an opportunity to engage um on the weekends uh, ministering and partnering alongside children's homes um local churches uh in this in the tijuana area and other various kind of like projects like for example last year we partnered with a local elementary school um, and some and some university students from within tijuana and we like painted a couple of murals on the playground and so it was a really like dynamic and kind of different experience for students because they were meeting other people that are around their age um and then also just like really coming together, there was even an, a pretty renowned artist from from Mexico that came in and um, helped kind of direct the the project and everything like that. So um, just different dynamic ways for students to engage. We offer border pilgrimage, which is a way to like with 
in partnership with the Center for Justice and Reconciliation to just like really dig deep into the questions of uh, what is what is immigration and what is my immigration story and and what is what is God asking of me as a believer and as a follower of Christ um, in terms of my understanding and, and my responsibility when it comes to policies and voting when hmm. um, in regards to, to so, immigration. So with the border program, what I mean, go, get specific. What is what can students expect if they come looking for information on the border? Where where can they get information on the border program? Because I think this is awesome personally. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then what can they expect? Yeah, well, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. even right now that you're yeah, still say, doing this, even yeah, in a, yeah, an environment that is challenging. Yeah, we are still doing the border pilgrimage. We just did, uh, completed a, our virtual border pilgrimage, I believe, like two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, which was really great. We had a really great turnout, um, a bit shorter than our traditional layout. Um, but one of the things that they get to do uh, is actually hear from some pretty amazing experts, people that are on the ground, front lines, um, engaging in border um, realities, like, for example, Border Angels, who does um, just extraordinary advocacy work um, with migrant families, people that are in detention centers, um, walking with people through like immigration processes. Um, also, they do like extraordinary work, like water drops, where they hmm. literally go out into the desert and drop, drop gal- yeah, gallons of water and other like hygiene products for people that are caught in the desert as they're migrating. Um, so we hear from different types of people and also views. I think that's important. We're not just leaning into one direction. We will bring in um, Customs and Border Patrol um, agents that will speak to us and talk to us um, about why they are serving there. And and we've even had some that are believers and they say, like, this is how I see it as a Christian. And so it's very, um, what, what we strive to do is provide students with um, different views and for, and, and vast information and for them to kind of, and, and questions and questions that stir them and kind of challenge them. And then for them to really um, begin to navigate those waters. And we're more so providing like a guide, if that's any help. Mm -hmm. Um, my hope, and I tell students this all the time. I'm like, my hope here is not to like answer questions for you or give you all of the answers, um, and tell you, this is the right way to do things. This is the way to view this and that. No, my hope is that in these conversations that the Holy spirit would provide you with wisdom and discernment and good listening ears, not just for now, but for for now until the rest of your mm-hmm. life so that you can continue to dig deep and ask hard questions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and that we here, we have an opportunity here. We're not in the middle of Oklahoma. Yeah. We are where we are. So <laughs> it's not just a weekend seminar where you bring in some speakers who have been there, have seen it. Right. You go, you exactly. interact, exactly. you touch the fence yeah. and you, uh, yes, you talk to the local mm-hmm. family member. Yes, you know family community yeah. member, father of a family of however many, you know, three mm-hmm. uh, who lives in San Diego, mm-hmm. and you know when he packs his lunch pail in the morning, he drives to the border mm-hmm. to act as a security officer mm-hmm. or, um, uh, you know, do customs or maybe as a maybe as a um, an officer for ICE, mm-hmm. even. 
um, and that's here and integrated as part of our community. Yeah. And so it's a unique, it's a particular unique opportunity as part of Correct. coming to this university yeah, is that yeah. we are here. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've, when I come across alumni from PLNU, I'm always like, so it's one of the things that you really wish that you would have like, you know, experienced and they're mm. all, like two of the things that they always bring up is like border pilgrimage and spring break build. They're mm. like, man, I really wish that I like, I would have done a border pilgrimage like I mean, I look at it now or, you know, my friends went on it and they would come back asking all of these questions and like really stirred and and really lean into like stuff at CJR or um, stuff with Ministry with Mexico. Um, And then, of course, like uh, Spring Break Build, because it is such a unique experience of being literally in Tijuana for an entire week with a specific, you know, project and 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 a goal. So, um, so, yeah, I. I just I would hope that more students are not just intrigued, but like a, a yeah. sincere desire to to um, widen their perspective mm-hmm. um, of like what is what is what is God requiring of me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I as I want to live the way of Jesus now and in the future to come, um, because my hope would be that I I think about this all the time. I'm like, man, if there's anything that like students can take away from their experience with border pilgrimage and my hope would be like the next time that they vote that they remember the story of Lucia that they remember the story of Juan that they remember the story of you know the things that they encountered or as they're reading news that they you know what I'm saying yes. like because experiential learning um and when we connect our entire like mind body soul like all of our senses there's like some deep connections that that come into play um, and really begin to stretch us and mold us in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I really be- that's one of the reasons I firmly believe in border pilgrimage and in everything that we do with Ministry with Mexico because there is really an intentionality behind what we do, and it's not like it's alongside. It's recognizing that, like, for example, I don't, I, I'm not the I'm not the main speaker. I'm not the expert voice. And border pilgrimage. I we are bringing in people mm-hmm. um, that are offering up their expertise and their frontline stories and experiences, so that students can comprehend the, yeah. the depth of this. If that makes yeah. any sense. No, absolutely. I think that's it's it's uh, it's one of those things that I think, you know, like you say, uh, alumni who wish they would have done it, or I think of it as, you know, you might run into someone and say, "Oh, I went to PLNU." And it's very common for them to say, oh, so you're a big surfer. And to, in my mind, it should be just as common for them to say, oh, so you have a deeper understanding of what the border is really like. You have a deeper understanding of what of what um, the, the reality mm-hmm. of living in a border region is mm-hmm. really like and how that um, how complex and in many ways beautiful and in many ways hard it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, I guess I, I'll just share too. That's, you know, I, I certainly came to Point Loma with, um, with a particular, you know, ideology I got from my family. And uh, there's many parts of that that um, certainly still undergird a lot of the ways that I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I did ministry with Mexico and mm-hmm. I, uh, on a couple occasions and just, yeah, did spend some time interacting with the border and have continued to in my time in San Diego. Um, and I would say for any, anyone out there who's thinking this sounds like just a place where I'm going to get like, you know, I hear you pushing against this idea, like it's just a place I'm going to get brainwashed or something like that. Um, 
that's not at all was not my experience mm -hmm. uh, it was okay now i get a chance to actually put some deeper personal experience to what i really think about this mm -hmm. um and and actually yeah come away so when someone asked me that question i know like yeah this is what i've I've seen, I've heard, mm -hmm. I've crossed, I've crossed, I've crossed many times, mm -hmm. and uh, there is some deep reality here. Mm -hmm. um, even just to the fact that we, like, on this border, we successfully have 35, I mean, largely successfully have 35 million crossings annually in this extremely high-functioning environment that mm -hmm. is vitally important to the economies on both sides of that border. Absolutely, And yeah. connect them in ways that when we see right when we have border shutdowns it affects our region oh my gosh in crazy ways maybe talk about that for yeah a minute. what yeah when you hear like oh my gosh they have to shut down the border for what i mean there's any number right like when the caravan came that mm -hmm. happened the pandemic this happens right. from time to right. time there has to be a shutdown right i mean if you can imagine a ninety thousand crossings daily coming to a halt and the you think la traffic is bad or yeah. what that causes this is, maybe this talk is, about that yeah this is a completely different yeah i mean i think the I think there was there was one instance. I think maybe it was my first year here, or I maybe it was my first year here um, that there was there was a shutdown, and we were supposed to um, yeah we were supposed to head down for like a day trip um, down to TJ, and and then you know it happened in the morning, and then we were like, and then they they opened it up again, and then I was like, is it is it going to happen again? You know like. Um, I just think that there's so much, there's so much emotion that, I mean, think about the, like, I, just think about being, I, I'm at a loss for words because yeah. that's literally what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you are stuck somewhere. And I mean, I, it's kind of like, it's, it's in some ways like worse than like hearing that, that your destination airport has shut down. Correct. I mean, like San Diego would, is in, it is worse for the San Diego region for the, San Diego Tijuana border to shut than it is for the airport to shut down for mm -hmm, a day. Mm -hmm. Like that's how we sit by the airport and that's Correct. easy for us to understand. And like yeah. when we hear of an entire airport stopping flights in and out for a day, yeah. that is like crazy to even consider. Yeah. And it is many times worse yeah. when that border, land border crossing Yeah, I mean, closes. we're talking about, I mean, cause think about the different types of like lanes that exist to cross the border. We're mm -hmm. talking about like there's your general all traffic lane for people. For which there for, are how many? 20 yeah, tw plus? Yeah, 20 plus lanes uh -huh. just for that. Then there's like your ready lane for people that are like a little bit more of a frequent crosser or whatever the case may be. There's your sentry lane for people like that are- Daily. They are living this cross-border life um, to an extent of whether they're a student, they're an employee, like um, there's so many reasons, right? Um, and then there's another lane for like medical purposes for people cross the border to uh you know do a procedure or see a doctor or a specialist of some sort and so i think about how there's so many lives are impacted when we say pause yeah <laughs> you know like it's, it's crazy you know like oh my gosh I, I could miss my surgery i could miss um my interview or my presentation for a class or uh, my presentation for work or pitching that project or um, I could be late to work and that impacts, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's so much, I, I feel like there's, yeah, it's just a heightened experience mm -hmm. for, for all sides, you know? And also like the, 
the the unknown of like okay they they've closed it for how long you know yeah, like yeah. like is it going to be just for an hour is this just like are they is it that's it or is yeah. it longer or is it you know like there's so much that can feel unknown uncertain yeah unknown, uncertain yeah which which of course is going to at some some level generate fear yeah totally insecurity mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and will it happen again and all that um okay so border pilgrimage ministry with mexico spring break build mm-hmm. maybe say a little more about spring break build yeah so spring break build um in partnership with the church of the nazarene in tijuana and actually the the state of baja california um we have been working with their um churches and providing support and actually like building sustainable homes um homes or like a multi-purpose uh centers or rooms um, even church last year we did a church a building of of a space that like the church was meeting in a home and so they need an actual worship space so there's yeah so there's uh different uh, focal points or like purposes every year can kind of shift but we yeah we partner with the churches down there and then uh local church leaders and members will come alongside us and uh we'll come together and um build the literally from foundation to roof i mean we it's insane yeah it's really insane it's also a really beautiful experience to be able to um yeah meet people that um love the love the community you know because we get to like meet local church leaders and other youth um, that come in and will volunteer time and meet the pastoral family and um, kind of like, you know, listen to their vision and their mission and like catch that vision with them. And um, and then also just the experience of watching students come alongside each other and work together. I think one of the most beautiful things about Spring Break Build um, is watching like this group of students that literally has said, I'm not going to take a cruise. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to go insert whatever. Um, and instead I, I'm going to sign up for this thing with 40 other people that I don't know mm. and go love on Tijuana. Mm. And I think that that's a, a, a really beautiful thing. Um, and it's, and it's also really fun to watch, um, watch them interact with each other because like there's so many different majors uh you know there's sophomores and seniors that come together that will never cross paths in any other way other than through spring break build Hmm. so it's a really i think it's probably one of the most special things that happens here on campus yeah yeah i I mean i agree the stories are amazing i know i think the the uh Often the stories have to do with that I hear have to do with Dr. Brower getting up on. I was going to say. Roofs I was going to say, and yeah. you cannot like. I mean, once you're once you're on the trustees team, like you are on the team. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's Dr. Brower's team, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, watching him get up on there and like just his passion mm-hmm. for it, um, the intentionality that he brings uh, in his interactions with students. The way that, um, and it's not just him, you know, like Mary Paul is there, yeah. you know, um, Dr. Wood is there. Yes. Um, and so like, yeah, there's just like this, it's, it's so much fun, um, mm-hmm. just to like, 
yeah build something together and laugh together and do silly things together um learn how to like wire <laughs> buildings and mm-hmm. um and just yeah a lot of things um yeah that you i i i feel like i see students take away so much mm-hmm. um in terms of like leadership kind of development mm-hmm. like they learn so much about themselves through this experience sure um yeah so i don't know if that's helpful yeah but. no and i i mean i br- i bring up Dr. Brower, just as a um, note to students, that yeah, I mean, you get to see leadership in action in this unique place where, for this week, uh, it's it's Bob, Mary, and Bill. Yeah, literally. Who, yes, are in jeans and you know work work gloves, and they are your peers mm-hmm. that you work alongside, mm-hmm. and that they are also embodying leadership and saying this is like these are our leaders and they say this is what we do mm-hmm. this is what we do at the, in this community mm-hmm. um and this is this is we serve yeah and we do it with joy and mm-hmm. because it builds our relationships with mm-hmm. each other and with this community and because it builds the kingdom and the lord says it's good yeah um and so i think that's a really um, valuable piece for students that are maybe listening and maybe curious to to take away that there's a unparalleled um experience again it's an experience you live through it's not an idea that you would just wrestle around with in conversation with mm-hmm. friends or with you know uh you know it's not a weekend seminar that you were just inputting information mm-hmm. all of this requires like an experiential connection to mm-hmm. put anything truly meaningful to something as um as important and yet arbitrary as a line we draw on a map uh because we are we as humanity are trying to keep some kind of order mm-hmm. in some way together um and it, it goes so far beyond that um so as you think you know this this is where we're at now maybe as you as you think about um where your ministry is going uh where uh, as you see the, the border is a, a dynamic thing that develops over time what are you hopeful for? Um, what makes you excited for what's coming? Plenty of things out there in the world that can make us feel super bummed these days. What? Yeah, there's a lot of things yeah. that can make us feel super bummed. Uh, Zoom to be one. Yeah, right, <laughs> I'm right. kidding. Uh, thankful for Zoom. I'm thankful for Zoom. Um, <laughs> I am hopeful for... Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm hopeful for there's there's something unique about I think um unique about the time that we're living in. Mm. There's like these shifts that are happening um with our everyday life, the way that we do interactions, the way that we do um the way that we do <laughs> yeah. period, yeah. you know. Uh, do life yeah Yeah. just like the way that we do life um so i'm hopeful for what that'll look like in a couple of years i i mean there are definite things that um i i miss in the midst of i mean we haven't really named covid but in the midst of of the reality that we're living in in the middle of a pandemic um there are things that i really miss about like what ministry with mexico is all about Hmm. the actual um I mean, we just talked about spring break build that actually we that happened 
the week of, you know, mm-hmm. so we were not even able to because that was already stirring here, yeah. you know, so that shifting had yeah, you had you had so many students who were like, oh, my spring break was ruined because I learned halfway through my Cancun trip that exactly that I, <laughs> that I wasn't going to come back to a campus. Well, you also had a lot of peers who yeah. were hoping to get to go serve yeah. together. And yeah. all of those hopes were, were dashed last yeah. year. Yeah. And so I think about that. I think about um, but I'm hopeful because because I've watched specifically the ministry with Mexico student leaders um, and the interns this semester become so creative of saying in the midst of all of this, we can still continue to sustain and build relationships across the border. In the midst of all of this, we still believe that God has called us to be good neighbors um, and to live the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like. And, and that's what, honestly, that's what makes me hopeful yeah. um, to hear and to see students that are, are fully committed to, um, to being good neighbors. Mm. And, um, and so when I, when I hear them, when I hear them um, brainstorm and say, well, what if we do this? And, and what if, um, you know, our partners in TJ said this, so can't, would this work for what they're, you know, what they're needing? Um, would, you know, so like just hearing them together, um, dream and, um, brainstorm gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. Yeah, It gives me a lot of hope. And then, um, and then honestly, the other thing that gives me a lot of hope is, is watching them, um, watching them mobilize their peers, Hmm. um, and just like really begin to be contagious. Like that kind of sense of like the rallying of peers and saying, guys, this is important. Like, this is, this is what, this is, this is what we're called to, you know, and that kind of stuff really uh, gives me a lot of hope. Um, I mean, yeah, just, I I think about even, you know, when we went to talk about like care for community Mm -hmm. um, and watching like the ASB board be like, yeah, like, yeah, we're behind this, you know, like that kind of like, yeah, we, there's, we can care for people. Like we, we, we can do this collectively and, and people are wanting to connect. People are wanting to care for one another. And we want to remind each other that we're not alone, like all of those things, you know? And mm-hmm. so there's this, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's answering your no, question, does, but, absolutely. but yeah, that gives me hope. You, you mentioned care for community. We absolutely have to talk about that a little bit. So why don't you let students know what what your office is up to with that and this amazing opportunity to for them to um to connect in a way we've we haven't done before yeah so care for community san diego tijuana is um a collaboration and a partnership between asb and ministry of mexico and community ministries where we're really just inviting all of the plnu community which is you the listener Mm -hmm. right now um alumni students faculty staff to really come alongside um, and, you know, out of this desire to love God and neighbor and be really, really good neighbors, um, to partner along with our uh, our current organizations, the organizations that we're currently already partnering with, um, and just provide essential ministry needs. Um, they have been impacted in so many ways by COVID. You can only imagine, um, just like, 
just like Salvation Army and World Vision and so many other like food banks across our city are being impacted. So are our partners across the border, just like um, our churches have been impacted by COVID. So have these um, ministry partners. Ministry partners, And so this is an invitation for us to pray um, for our ministry, for the ministry partners and also to come alongside. Um, so we have two ways of of connecting people. The first way is uh, for them to like, just click on the website, which is like pointloma.edu slash um, care for community altogether. And, um, and then that'll take you to the landing page. And on there, there's an Amazon wish list and there's a prayer guide. And those are the two ways that you can come alongside us and stand in solidarity with our neighbors here in San Diego and our neighbors across the border. And um, yeah, yeah, and really, really live into this to this uh love that god has called us into yeah i was um fortunate to get to be in that meeting when the board asb board got to hear from you and um express their full support and desire to connect with this um with this endeavor um and i think one of the pieces they most connected with was the chance to to uh, uh contribute to something where they knew like i am helping purchase this item that is that I know is actually going to go this item is going to go to this place no like overhead costs no like you know well great ministry will only spend 15% of their cost administration no this item is going to go to this place and it's going to directly go to these people that need it right now um, and so I think there's an encouragement there for the entire student body um, that your student leaders certainly saw that right off the bat and that it's worth taking a look. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that's going to be marketed um, in a number of ways yeah. from ASB, from your office, mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned the website. Yeah. Um, what are, what's the other way, I mean, with, with all of your work, what are the best ways for students to connect with each of these things if they want to learn more or, or, um, or get involved? Yeah, so... I mean, they can follow us on Instagram. That's a great way. Great. Um, so we just have, I believe it's like peeling you and then like the little underscore and then MWM for ministry with Mexico. Okay. And At peeling you underscore M M W W M M ministry with Mexico. Ministry with Mexico. Yeah. Go there. All of you at it now. Follow, follow right now. You know, work on there now in the whole group. Yeah. So we really post a lot about, um, the opportunities that we have just for learning in general. I think a lot of the things that we're doing right now because of COVID and just the restrictions that are in place. Um, we have really been leaning into a lot of, um, Uh, mobilizing and uh, advocacy work, a lot of educating. um, And so that you'll get all of the information for opportunities that are coming up there. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, incredible experience that you bring um, to this and to our students today. Um, I I know it's um, so beneficial for for us um, uh, to be to be hearing about what is happening right next door. and and truly um, an opportunity to follow our call to love our neighbor um, and how we build the kingdom and the promise that good things come when we build the kingdom together. Yeah. Uh, so as we as we wrap up, we always have some rapid fire questions here at the end. Uh, what are you reading right now? Well, I just finished uh, Born a Crime. Noah. Yes, Trevor Noah. Trevor. Trevor. I love him. <laughs> Yes, 
he's so great and it's just oh my gosh if you can get the odd uh, like the audiobook yeah. it is he reads it himself oh, yes it, yeah. it is so amazing it's just so amazing um there's a particular scene where he has to go to the bathroom as well that i think just really in, the, in his audio telling <laughs> stands out as you have to hear it from him yeah so great Um, and then I just started this week, actually, I just started a book by, um, Barbara Brown Taylor. Mm -hmm. Do you, are you familiar with, and I believe it's called learning to walk in the dark. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's been a, a really powerful read. Um, and then, um, one of the things that I've been doing on a daily is reading, um, uh, from meditations of the heart by um, Howard um, Thurman, I believe. And he was a civil rights um, leader and theologian and has some really powerful things. Um, yeah, this is cool. really, really good. So anyway. Meditations. Of the heart. Of the heart. Meditations of the heart. Howard Thurman. Awesome. Who made an impact on you this week? I would say um, Annika Wong and uh, Brianne Bachman okay. um, really just... Yeah, I spoke with them yesterday and just just amazing students and yeah, really resilient and yeah, just passionate. So, yeah. Cool. And then I missed one. What are you listening to or watching right now? What am I listening to? Actually, I'm going to recommend Only Here as a podcast or Code Switch by NPR. Both of them are by NPR. Um, Code Switch talks a lot about like, it's just an amazing, just hands down i really recommend um and then only here um highlights actually a lot of border stories so okay yeah i Great. would recommend both awesome well you heard it from liana go uh check out one these wonderful uh books podcasts um thank you again for being here um as you know, this uh, podcast is sponsored by the Associated Student Body of PLNU. So if you are a current student, this show is brought to you by you. We'll see you next week.